You know, sometimes something might not seem big, but just because it doesn't look big doesn't mean it's any less significant. You know, one of the most significant decisions that I've made in my life uh, wasn't that flashy at all. But let me tell you, the effect of that decision is, is phenomenal. It's huge. And it goes right back to my teenage years when I was a teenager and I'd come from a broken home. And I went through many years of, of struggle. I was in deep pain. And what I did is I, I, I was in pain. And so I, I kind of ran to God, but I also ran to the, the, the temptations of the world, those things that I knew weren't good for me, but made me feel good in that moment, in that instant. And so I'll be in, on one hand, I'll be at parties, drunk, telling people about Jesus. I mean, go figure. Yeah, great. Great strategy. And uh, don't, please don't adopt that. It's, it's, it's not advised, um, but it may help you with your confidence. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> so, and, and, but then on the other hand, I'll be going and I'll be reading my Bible. I'll be hungry after God at the same time. And it was kind of like, has anyone ever ridden a bike and you, you fall off a seat and you, and, and you get wedged right there? It's like, oh, it, it is painful. And, and you feel like you just, you just want to hobble. Um, sometimes as Christians, we, we live a hobbled Christian life. We're kind of half affected because we kind of got one foot on one side and the other foot on the other side. And we wonder why we're, we're hobbling as Christians. Um, but, you know, there's, there's actually an interesting saying I heard this morning. is casual Christians become Christian casualties. Casual Christians become Christian casualties. We don't want this to be, we don't want casualties here. We want, we want world changes. We want people who are going to make a difference in this generation and the generations to come. And it can come down to a decision that we can each make in our hearts. And for me, I remember in, in the hobbly sort of moment as a Christian that I was having, I remember I was very sobered by the fact that I'm moving out of home, although it was a broken home. I was moving from Albany to Perth to study. And I was very sober by the fact that, gee, the decision that I make now, for some, there's a moment, there's an obscure moment of wisdom that came into my life. It must have been God and someone was praying for me. But, but I had this sober moment where I realized the decision that I make, make now will affect my life. It will affect my marriage. It will affect my kids. It's going to affect my grandkids. And I remember making the decision and going, God, I know, I know I want to hobble. I no longer want to hobble between two opinions. But God, I, I want to follow you. You know, Elijah said this. Elijah said to people in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. He said, how much longer will you waver? How much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? So in one hand, the people believe that Baal was God, this statue that people created. It's like, okay, cool. Some believe that was God. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But make the choice. But the people were completely silent, it said, and they just kept on hobbling. They became Christian casualties. You know, for me, I remember um, going to my backyard after weekend, after weekend, after weekend of this cyclical behavior. Oh, my goodness. Look in the mirror. Weekend after weekend. Just, just, and feeling this, this accusation from the, from the devil. See, look how you are. You're a failure. You're no good. God doesn't love you. But thank you, God, for grace. Thank you, God, for that grace Evangeline taught us about, that God, I'm your son, I'm your daughter, I'm your child of heaven, not because of my capacity to be a perfect little Christian boy, but because of what you've done on the cross for me, that you gave your life to me, that I can be forgiven and cleansed. We're going to remember this at Easter coming up soon. But I remember for me, I remember for me, I no longer wanted to live a hobbled Christianity. 
And one weekend or one night, my parents were away or my mum and my stepdad were away. And I remember going to my backyard and no one was around. And I checked around that no one was down. And I, and I was a bit nervous, but I got down on my knees and I didn't feel emotional at all. I felt nothing. You know, sometimes you're waiting for the... <laughs> you know, that moment, you're waiting for the feeling. Give me the feeling, God. You know, it's like... But, but, but the feeling wasn't there. But I, but I thought, God, I got on my knees. I thought, Jesus, I got down closer. Jesus, I want to build my life upon you. I want to build my life on the rock. I want to build my life on something solid. I know I'm too broken. I'm too broken to handle... My life, but God, I want to build my life on your rock. And I made that decision. There were no keyboards playing like Emma so beautifully was playing before or violins in the background or people saying, yeah, you go, you are a champion, giants fall. And that's about God. But, but for me in that moment, and, and I got up, I was like, oh, I don't know if that worked. And just went back into my bedroom and went to sleep. But, you know, I, could, I can look back and say, although I didn't feel big, that was probably one of the most significant moments of my life. And, and that, that it, seemed, it, seemed, it didn't seem big, but it was unbelievably significant. And the result of that decision was that as I moved to Perth, I started to build my life on Jesus, on the rock. I got planted in a church. You know, this series that we've been talking about for a while, it seems to keep on extending out, is called Move from Being Potted to Being Planted. You know, you can have pots in your garden, but they're, but they're yet to actually belong to the garden. They're, they're, they're just potted. They look like they might be, but you know what, what God wants to do is take us out of the pot and plant us in. And then we're able to withdraw from the nutrients that, of that um, soil. We're able to find belonging and, and draw from the strength of the community. And so for me, I found that when I chose to get myself planted into a church, let me tell you, it wasn't a perfect church at all. It wasn't even kind of my style of church. Um, but I got planted, and as I did, I began to flourish in my faith and in my life. And since then, there's been many, many mistakes, but fundamentally this decision going, God, I want to build my life on the rock of Jesus. And the impact of that decision now has flowed on into my marriage, into our kids, into everything. And, and now, in, in to one degree or another, now you're receiving the impact of that decision right back then when I was about 18 years old. And, you know, all of us are invited by God as well to make these significant decisions in our life. And so the title of tonight's message is this. It is, Obedience is Influence. Obedience is Influence. If you want influence in people's lives, good influence, because let me tell you, disobedience is influence as well. Just, Just a whole other track down there. But did you know your obedience is your influence in your life and there's a man right at the beginning in genesis chapter 22 you can i can encourage you to read the account in the book of genesis from the bible genesis chapter 22 it gives an account of a man called abraham he's known as the founder as the founder of our faith abraham and it tells us how abraham was tested beyond measure when god commanded him and get this this isn't that politically correct let me tell you God commanded him to sacrifice his one and only son, whom he loved so much. Has God ever asked you to sacrifice something? Not someone, please. (laughs) But has God ever asked you to sacrifice something in your life that you love so much, that you've held on to for so long? Something that 
might have gotten in the way between your relationship with God and him as number one. And although it was impossible to understand, Abraham obeyed. It says in the Bible that he, the very next morning he obeyed. He took his son up to the mountain to, I mean, this is diabolical. This is diabolical. He'll be arrested instantly for this now. But he, he went up to the mountain and he tied his son up. And at the right, right at the last moment, as he began to lift up the blade to come down to sacrifice his son, the angel stopped his hand from bringing the knife down on his son. And this is what the angel said. Don't lay a hand upon the boy. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You truly put him as number one in your life. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. You know, through this experience, Abraham demonstrated obedience to God was his highest priority, even if it cost him his everything. You know, God prioritizes your obedience to him over your over your comfort, um, over our convenience. It was very inconvenient. Maybe Abraham had just planted a herbal garden and he wanted to tend to it or look after his sheep or knit a jumper. But God interrupted him and said, no, come and do this. Oh, thank you so much, Ash. Awesome. Pause. And God, God wants... Um, obedience from us. He's not so interested about our preferences. You know our preferences? I prefer not to. Well, I want to do this. Well, my dreams. Well, I just dream my dreams, my preferences, my wants, my comforts, my desires. What about me? What about what I want? I want me, 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 me. But you know what God prioritizes above all of that is our obedience to him and our character. You know, God wants our character to grow. He will allow us to go through the fire Right now, many of you are facing testing times. Not testers in a mass test, but purifying our faith, purifying our character so that God can build something solid in our lives, something reliable that will impact the world rather than something flimsy that will fall apart at the first sign of trouble or challenge along the way. And let me tell you, you never lose out. We never lose out when we obey God and we put Him first. And so Abraham's act of obedience actually was the very key that unlocked unprecedented influence on the entire world. The birth of an entire nation and an impact that rippled through the planet that we still enjoy today. And Genesis chapter 22 verse 18 sums it all up beautifully. It says, Through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. That that insignificant moment, Abraham, no one else is around, him and God, he, he decided he would obey God. And because of his obedience to God, it unlocked unbelievable influence in the world that we still enjoy now. And so my question is to you is, what is God inviting you to? What steps of obedience is God inviting you to take in your life? You know, on the other side of, influ- of obedience is great influence that God is calling you to. It might not seem like a significant thing, a big thing, but it is nonetheless a very significant moment. You know, Abraham as well, he didn't say, when God commanded him to do this, he didn't say, oh yeah, okay, 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 I will. I will, but once I retire, well, once this happens, maybe you want to spend another week or two years and my son hasn't graduated yet. He's still got a bit of life to live. Maybe, you know, at, at the end or, you know, Abraham began negotiating with God. But actually, you know what, when God calls us, it's about his timing, not our timing. 
You know, God's timing is never our timing. It's not, it doesn't usually line up. Usually, it can be inconvenient because God invites us to trust in Him as we follow Him. You know, the season never appears to be ready, to be perfect. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4, it says, Farmers who wait for the perfect weather never plant. If you live in Albany, you get to understand that. Farmers who wait for the perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they'll never harvest. It's like so often, you know, we wait until, you know, we wait until we feel fantastic. We've had the coffee. We've had the sleep. The friend said nice things to us. Everything's lining up perfectly. Ah, oh, I feel great. And then we do it. But how rare are those moments when everything in life seems to be going well? You know, this morning as Jess and I are driving up, it's like the Bluetooth just would not connect to the car. It's just it, things just don't seem to work sometimes. But God, what God invites us to do is to take great steps of faith and obedience in our life, not waiting until the situation is perfect before we take them. Um, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 13, it says, The lazy person claims there's a line out there. There's a line out there. If I go outside, I might be killed. We're so, we're so scared sometimes to take risks. Sometimes we're so, so nervous to take these steps of, of obedience before God because we worry, but what about my friends? What will they think? Or what am I going to lose out? I've just got my life. I've just got all my ducks lined up. I've, I've just got this great job. I was talking to a pastor yesterday who actually was the guest speaker in Albany this morning. He said that there's actually a staff member at his church who took a, I think it was thirty or $40,000 pay cut to come and be on staff to take a role at his church. You know, this guy, he, was, he, was, he felt compelled. He said, I don't even know. just came out of my mouth. He's like, he regretted it as soon as he said it. But he, he just felt compelled by God to make the most of the moment in front of him. And he let, he let um, Pastor Jared, which is his name, know that he, he was saying yes to this position, this staff position, which, which is well below his pay grade. Um, but he decided to take it. And as he went out of the door of his workplace, his boss said, no, no, hold on, we'll pay you $40,000 $40, extra on top of that. I mean, can you, can you imagine? But he said, no, no, no. I'm not waiting until the time's perfect. And, and, and I'm, I'm not going to hold back out of fear because of what might happen. But I want to make the most of the opportunities that are in front of me. I'm skipping a few verses down. Um, there's also a bunch of verses from Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and chapter 12. It says, young people. It's wonderful to be young. Isn't it wonderful to be young? Yes, it is. And you know what? We've got some great people in this church that are very young at heart as well, let me tell you. Uh, so good. Young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Really, we're all young. I mean, gee, how short is life really? Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. You know, live by life. Take it. Take it by the scruff of the neck. But it's, oh, sorry, can you go back a bit? Thank you. That's all right. But remember. But remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. This is like saying, hey, have fun. Go for it. Live a life with perfect. Take steps of risk. But know that one day, and this is sobering, know that one day your life will be brought before Jesus and we're going to be giving an account to Jesus in how we spent our life. Did we waste our life or did we use it effectively for the things that were on his heart, not for the things that are on our heart? Thank you. We'll go to the next one. Thanks, Wendy. Don't let the excitement of youth. It's a pretty exciting time. There's people getting engaged right now and getting married. It's, this is great. It's a great fun season. 
Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. That's why I'm here. Thank you, God. I've got to, the Bible says that God said to Abraham, you're blessed to be a blessing. Sometimes we just go, I'm blessed, and we take it and we run away. But God's saying, no, no, you are blessed for purpose, to be a blessing to other people. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him and your youth before you, go, before you grow old. Let me tell you, if you don't practice it in your youth, you're not going to practice it when you're older. Build, build your life in the way that you intend to go, and you'll see that it will unfold for you. Remember him before the door to last opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. There's opportunities right now in this season, and we're bringing it down to this season in the life of this church. You're invited to a great adventure. You know, the, the adventure that we are on is, is very real. I'm sorry to be quite confronting, maybe to people who visit us here or something, but hell is real, heaven is real, and God loves you so much that he died, that he sent his son down to die to pay the greatest price for you and I because God is not willing that any should go there. And now how is God reaching the world? He's reaching the world through you and I. Not but people are praying behind the scenes, but he, he calls us. Jesus said to his disciples, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Come and follow me and I'll help you get to work. Come and follow me and, and the opportunities and the open doors that I give you and I'm going to see that you can make an eternal impact and it all comes back down to our obedience to God, a significant choice that we can make in our heart to say, God, I want to be available to you. God, I say, I say yes to you. Tonight, I get on my knees before you, God. I say, yes, God, I want to build my life on your rock. I don't want to build my life on my career. That could come away. We know COVID, it could be taken away. I don't want to build my life on a particular relationship. Relationships seem solid for a while, but not all do remain. I you know, it's so important we don't choose to build our life on the things we see around in our world because it's all temporal. But we want to build our life in something that is eternal and will last forever. So that one day when we see Jesus face to face, God can say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, our entry point is to, into heaven is only given access through what Jesus has done for us. But once we have access into heaven then God will ask us, what, would, what did we do with our life in a way that brought glory and honor to him? You know, there's a saying that says that we get, we get saved to serve. We get saved by God to serve other people, just like Jesus did. Casual Christians become Christian casualties. I thought I'd just throw that in one more time. It's quite challenging, isn't it? Don't worry, I'm being challenged as well. And so right now we have a moment... You know, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation, today, in this moment. You know, I just want to encourage you not to delay significant decisions in your life until sometime down the track, kicking the can down the road. And I'm going to share a bit of a story for me when, when I did that once. So kick the can down the road, maybe out of fear, there's a line outside, or no, uh, 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 I didn't see the moment that I had, the opportunity that I had in front of me. There's another verse that says, as for me in my house, I will serve the Lord. You know, if you're single in this place tonight, you can actually make a decision like I did when I was single. Uh-uh. Nah, I'm not compromising this. I'm serving you, Jesus, until the day I die. Maybe you're with someone. You can, you can own your own decision. You can own your journey. Don't be a victim. Don't be a victim to other people's choices. I know there's been a painful journey for, for many people in this room, but you know what? Jesus, he can meet you right here. He can build you up. 
He can make you to be strong. If he's taken someone like broken like me, so insecure. Let me so insecure. My first leadership role, I literally just abdicated it. I didn't do it. It's like, yeah, can you lead this? I'm like, yeah, okay. And and I stood up in front of people and I just I went and sat down. And then someone else, one of the guys I was supposed to lead, came up and actually led led the room. That was back in the early two thousands. But I was I was so insecure, worrying about what people thought about me, but. But build your life on the rock, build your life on something strong, and you become strong as a result. Um, I just want to share an account of, you know, one time when I did make myself available. Some of you have heard this story before, but, but it's just so significant because the truth is that, that significant moments often come in plain packaging. You know those plain brown paper bags? Often significant moments come disguised in plain packaging. You know, it's cool these days to have, you know, brown paper wrapping and um, go all organic or whatever it is and, or, or rustic or something. Um, and, and you open it up and, wow, there's an amazing gift inside. So often God's greatest moments for us are disguised. Jesus, the Son of God, came disguised as one of us, as, as a human being. And people thought, oh, it's just Jesus. It's our cousin. No, we, we know him. And they didn't honor the moment that actually could have transformed their lives It actually said, the Bible says that when Jesus went to his hometown to heal people, here's God, the creator with the power to heal people. He went around delivering people from demons. He saw the dead rise to to new life. He saw the the lame were able to walk, the blind to see. He went to his hometown and they didn't honor the moment. It it came in plain paper packaging, plain packaging. They didn't honor Jesus. Ah, it's just Jesus. He's our cuz. Woo. And so, therefore, all they got was... Cousin Jesus, woo! They didn't get Jesus, Son of God, with the power of heaven to move in their life. You know, it's up to us. It's incumbent on us to recognize and honor the moments that God gives us. And this is one of those moments. And for me, one of those moments was uh, I went to see an Alex Lloyd concert. Does anyone remember Alex Lloyd? Okay. Maybe showing our age. You were amazing. You know the one? There we go. There we go. And I was, I was on the front. I was, you know, I always battled. Whenever I go to a concert, I always battle my way to the front. Like, get out of my way. Strategy. Just get your elbow in there. Just get it planted in. Just wait, wait, wait. And you wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. And then you're there. Hello. <laughs> All right. And then you go for another gap. Yep, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've reached my way in here. Anyway, I finally got my way to Alex Lloyd at the front there. I was like, you were amazing, amazing. And then that night, I was, just, I was just reveling in the fact that I went to an Alex Lloyd concert. It's nothing to do with the story. But the next morning, um, I sat the night at my mate's place, and we got up to have brekkie together. There's a whole group of random people there, right? And one particular guy there um, came for breakfast, and he walked through the door, and he, he looked like death warmed up. He, he was depressed. He was, he was down, he was depressed, and, and it's like he had a heavy cloud over him. And my heart kind of went out to him a, a bit. Um, but, but for me, fear and, to be honest, guilt kind of got in, in my way because as I was sitting at the breakfast table that morning and he sat next to me, I remember, I remember like the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, compelling me with his love just to begin gently reaching out to this guy. But I was a bit scared. I was a bit guilty. There's a line outside, but what if he, what if he goes, what, what if he reacts? Or what if he doesn't? I'm, I'm like, sometimes we're so fearful of like people saying, no, 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 no. It's like, oh, my life is ended. It's like, come on, where, where is our spine, people? Where is our courage and our strength? Who cares? How is that going to impact my life? 
But for me, I was. I, I gave it to fear. And so I, so I ignored. The moment lasted for a moment. The doors opened for a moment. And I actually increasingly felt the Holy Spirit laying it upon my heart to reach out to this guy, to start a conversation. I knew that there was a particular thing that God wanted me to speak about, but I, I, I thought it was a plain package moment. I didn't honor the moment, and it passed. Okay? I thought it was done. Cool. Didn't think anything of it. And then a few days later, I actually discovered that, that tragically, this young man took his own life a couple of days later. And for me, I thought, I, I, was, I was impacted, heavily impacted. But my goodness, God, I know that was his decision to make. But for me, I thought, God, I, I literally felt the love of God trying to reach out to me, to this guy through me. And, and I didn't honor the moment. I didn't, because of fear, because I was at that moment, it was unavailable. And, and after that, I thought, God, I know I'm not perfect. I know there may be sometimes a giving to fear. There's a line outside, etc. But God, I want to be obedient to you. I want to be obedient to you in, in what seems insignificant. I want to be obedient to you in the plain package moments because you never know the impact. You know, Pastor Jerry this morning said that there's one lady that cooked meals for his mum, you know, brought the meals over his mum. He's going through a hard time. And this one lady, through bringing meals to his mum in the midst of her brokenness, saw her life change. She came to know God. And, and through this mum, she had an impact on her son who's now had an impact on 40,000 people. It's just, she just cooked some lasagnas. You might go, oh, it's just lasagnas. It's just plain package moments. But you never know on the other side of your little sets of obedience, the, the significance of the moments that God will present to you. And so I, I had a conviction, God, I don't want to let, I don't want to let those moments go. I want to make the most of the moments that are in front of me, like this moment right now. And so I decided that's it. I want to make the most of them. So fast forward a number of years later, Jess and I moved into a neighborhood. And um, we, we, we met the next door neighbor, and, um, and she, she began to, one day we had a conversation at the fence. You know those conversations you try to run away from? All those people you try to run away from? You pull up to your driveway and you're like, oh no, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a beeline for the front door because I just want to avoid. Um, anyway, it's one of those moments. I was trying to kind of avoid her. I found I was stuck at the fence. I'm like, okay, come on. But she mentioned that her friend, she knew a friend who was dying of cancer. And, and here was another moment, and, and, and I could have easily just have left it, but that conversation actually led to me saying, hey, I would love to meet this person who's dying of cancer, and I would love to meet them and have a conversation with them. And I felt the Spirit of God just compelling me to do that, and so I did. Never met them before, went in to meet them in their lounge room, it's like, hi. And, um, and let me tell you, it was heavy, the atmosphere was heavy. He had yellow skin. He, he was an ex-biker. He had tattoos all over his, his body and big creases in his face. And I sat down with them and I began just to listen to both of their story of pain. Let me tell you, it is, they had a painful life. You know, he, he had his three-year-old daughter drown in the pool. You know, it's one of many, many, many things that have built up this perception and this case that God's out to get him. And he, and he deserves the bad in his life. And then I began to share with him my journey and how's the God who loves him so much. And Jesus gave his life for him. And at the end of the conversation, I asked, would, would you like to open up your heart and let Jesus in? Would you like to give your life to Jesus? Would you like to, we know we're not perfect, but would you like to put your trust in what God has done for you through Jesus? 
And I was shocked when both of them said, yes, we would. We would like to. And so right there in his lounge room, I was able to pray with him a prayer where he gave his life to Jesus. Where he's forgiven for all of the gunk behind his life. He's able to be made new and transformed and become a child of God. And you know, it was only two days later that he died and he passed away and went to heaven to be with Jesus. And let me tell you, there are angels in heaven. I can't wait to see him one day, to meet him in heaven. And all the glory goes to God. All I did is just honor the moment. Let me tell you, all the glory goes to God and he's inviting you. Will you honor the moments? Will you honor the brain, the brown plain packaging, the moments that God gives to you at a personal level, but also at a church level? I, I have a conviction, Jess and I have a conviction that, that we are a part of a move of God. This isn't just about me. This isn't just about Jess or team, although in some ways it is. But this is about what God is doing. and We just get to be a part of it. We get to be a part of it. And God is inviting you, saying, will you recognize the significance of this moment? And will you say, God, I'm, I'm available to you. I want to say yes to you. My step of obedience will be influence, a huge influence. And so I just would like to invite us just to stand up together tonight. And I'd love to lead us in a prayer. And you know, this prayer that I'm going to pray, I'm just going to be asking you to respond. Maybe you're watching or listening online. We'd love to include you in this prayer as well. And the prayer is an invitation to you to, to adjust your heart and to go. Maybe there's some of you that, are, that have been hobbling a little bit in your Christianity. Maybe your Christianity has become a little bit more about your comfort. But I want to invite you not to be a Christian casualty, but I want to invite you to be a Christian giant slayer. Someone that will stand courageously, be courageous enough to take bold steps of obedience for God. And I'd love to pray with you tonight. So why don't you just lift up your hands to God as an outward sign of surrender that is going on in your heart. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we come to you, we come to you tonight, Lord. We come to you, God, and we just recognize this moment right now, this invitation that you're giving to every single person here. Lord God, tonight, Lord Jesus, for some people in this room, Lord, right now, they're saying, I want to take my leg off on one side of the pole. Right now, I put both feet. I put both feet on your camp. Lord, no longer following the bowels of this world, but I choose to follow you, God. Lord, I'm not perfect, Lord, but I'm all in with you, God. I'm all in. Lord, we're all in with you, God. Tonight, Lord Jesus, we say sorry for the times where we haven't honored those moments, Lord God. But I thank you, Lord, tonight for every single person here, Lord God. I thank you for courage, Lord Jesus, for people to take great steps of faith, Lord God. Lord, those significant behind-the-scenes moments, those decisions of the heart, Lord God. And I thank you that on the other side of that, Lord, you release your miracles, you release your power, you bring your breakthrough, Lord God, you bring change, you bring transformation, Lord, you bring freedom, Lord. Even right now across this room, online, as people are making these decisions, in their heart, Lord God, I pray you better release the power of your Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name.